Hello friends, day 13, bar is closed. All right, I'm still in Denver, Colorado. I'm gonna start coining it the feed the meter city. <laughs> it's a constant feed the meter there every two hours. Up in the mountains in Evergreen with my good friend Jeremy that I've known for over 20 years. We're both really cut from the same cloth and have been talking a little bit about his moderation techniques. He, he takes a uh, January and a October off every year. And we kind of had some conversations around what that looks like for him because he's very much like me, very, very driven, very hardworking, very focused, you know, adrenal kind of guy, big visions in his mind about what he wants to do and has always done them. And so he moderates and, and does excess just like I do. And last time we were really talking about excess and I've really, I've dialed into that. And I mean, for me, day 13 of sobriety, I think anybody who's done some good, joyous, heavy drinking in the evenings in their life, you know, and waited to get home to that drink and got through that bottle of wine or got through that third cocktail and fell asleep hard and, you know, woke up and did it again. You know that getting to day four is a difficult challenge at times, you know, five, six, seven, first week. I was saying by day 12 or wherever there, I was kind of like, I want to celebrate with a drink. You know what I mean? Like, where's, there's the missing here. So day 13, you're kind of, you're an autopilot. And if anything, you're, you're definitely sober. So that's where I'm at right now. I've got a lot more I want to start to play and dance in in the sobriety. I'm really enjoying it. I was actually, I've got these like meditation Deepak Chopra things on my phone. I was plugging it into the rental car and it pops up and Deepak Chopra is like saying something I haven't heard in a long time that actually resonated with me because I've kind of long gotten past some of my interest in him. But in this case, it was uh, really resonated. And so the sobriety for me is, is rock and roll. I'm really enjoying that part of my life at this moment, and I can see really great potential of where I'm going to take it. Now, excess versus dependency. I don't feel dependent. At least I don't. I'm not saying that the other biologies, and I could be dependent if it was, let's say I was doing you know, pharmaceutical pills. I could be like, I'm shaking. I'm having dependencies. That's not to say that my addictive personality can't bring about dependency. I've just spent my entire life trying to avoid dependency and making excuses for my drinking to prove that it wasn't dependency, which I've started to run out of, to be honest. So with the dependency, I'm still going with, no, I'm really feeling a sense of the desire for excess and the desire for a constant level of potion in my life. That's where we talked about potion and poison. But, you know, for me, it's continually sprinkling the potion on everything that I'm involved in and do and whom around and everything. Now, what that has made me acknowledge recently is, is that I've forced my agenda for many years on other people. And I'm not proud to admit that. You know, if it was a group of people or a couple of you know, friends and it was a conversation, for whatever reason, I felt beholden to try to drive that conversation in a place that I thought would be more inspiring, that would be more auspicious, that would be more memorable, that would be more potion. And in doing so, straight up forced my agenda. So I'm starting to see, look back, and I guess that's what sobriety does to you, is you don't get to continue to milk and mask your reality, your inner. You don't get to continue to put that voice at the back, the back, the back, the back, the back of the room. You are straight up here in the moment, acknowledging your life and your part in it. And so with that forced agenda, what I started to see was how many ways that I became irritated, uh, you know, and became rude, hurt people in the process with my attitude and could generally could be a real asshole at times in my life because I was trying to make it more than it was. And what I'm starting to really come to terms with here, and that's been through also some, you know, personal healing through the year, maybe a lifelong understanding of devotion and some kind of connection with a higher power 
is all culminating. So I can't say this is just because of 13 days of not drinking by any means, but what's really coming to me now, and I'm really enjoying learning more about and how that I can unfold into this person is accepting and embracing and taking people for where they're exactly at. No agenda, no motive, no steering, no bullying, no potion, just where we're at. And at times we can all sound like a broken record and we can say the same thing and we're all probably out of practice with conversation due to all the circumstances around the world and we could bore each other. <laughs> I mean, we can really get on each other's nerves. I mean, which makes us want to distance ourselves from people more. But what has been showing up for me is, is that as I've been just chilling the fuck out, like I said before, and really just taking everybody for where they're at, what happens is, is that these little cool tokens, these little clues, these little gems come about. Might be 20 minutes worth of bored conversation, and all of a sudden they switch gears and it goes in a direction that yes, maybe I have an interest in, but I wasn't even thinking about. And then I really learned something. I learned something about them. I'm now curious about the conversation. It gives me something to follow up on. And so I think that that is really you know showing up and has been something I want to continue to pursue. The other thing is you know back to the why. Why have I self-medicated with alcohol my entire life? Why you know I don't know why that choice necessarily, but why did I pick something to? take away what I, my, my, my born with sobriety to help me cope, so to speak, right? With life, you know, not just to add the potion, but to cope. And what I'm starting to grasp is, is that I've probably been overwhelmed my entire life between just probably for as long, as long as I can remember, but you know, let's just take it into adulthood, right? Just in my early twenties, I spent my twenties here in Colorado and you know, from there's maybe a short sliver there where I kind of had a sense of freedom and autonomy and, and independence and spiritual connection to all kind of a high frequency vibe in my early, early 20s and starting out art school. But, you know, I was a parent by the time I was 26. And so all things said and done, as I look back and kind of the trajectory of my life, I've been operating on fight or flight. I've wanted so badly for everything to work out for my kids and for my family and for my loved ones and for myself. and for the world. It's kind of a general Aquarius thing too. And it could make us appear and maybe even be, you know, kind of narcissistic and self-absorbed and all that junk of humanity. And so coming to the terms that, you know, as graceful as I tried to make it look and as at ease as I tried to create it at times and as, I'm, as much fun as I've had, I actually had a really fun life. I was operating on this kind of anxiety, constant state of fear and anxiety that I had subtly going on all the time like a metronome. And that is something that I just didn't acknowledge. I've never gone and gotten diagnosed. I've never gotten on any medications. I don't know if I've, I don't know who and what and how I would be diagnosed either way. And I think in some of that anxiety and feeling it and that overwhelm, I've always had a sense of, like I was saying before, don't be delusional or, you know, I don't want to be an imposter. I always kind of felt a little bit of that imposter syndrome. And I think that's a lot of people can admit that, especially, you know, people who've received some kind of level of success is that you're kind of waiting for the carpet to be pulled out from underneath you at any given time. You're ready for the hammer to fall. You're ready for the heart to break. You're ready for them to find out that you're not as smart as, as they think you are because, you, you know, you don't think you are. You know, you're just constantly reacting silently in some kind of level of fear and pain as to what, how it's going to go wrong. And the better it gets, 
the more fearful you get about it going wrong. And so that constant state of anxiety for me, I think, allowed me to obviously want to go and find ways of distraction and comfort myself in this torturous life that I was not acknowledging to myself and would not even give myself the time of day to consider acknowledging that that, that guy needs to shut up. We got things to do. We got family to take care of. We don't need that. But uh, right now I'm saying, yeah, that's true for me. And I'm just now at 49 starting to feel some more real at ease, some more peace, some more learning to let go, some more less of attachment, some more spiritual devotion, some more opening of the heart. And so with all that being said, you know, as the combination of it all and now being in the sobriety of it all, I feel like I can maybe start to make peace with the anxiety without having to mask it. Thanks. Good night.